You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 78. Today, we're talking all about what it really takes to launch. So, stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now with over 800,000 downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. All right. Hello, listeners. James Wedmore here and welcome to the Mind Your Business Podcast. We are doing a very special bonus episode here, a bonus Wednesday episode. And I have a very special guest with me, the Mr. Zach Speckler. Thanks for having me. So Zach, I'm so glad you're here because we just wrapped up our Inner Circle Mastermind retreat. I don't know about you, but I'm like super pumped and energized. And we were kind of thinking like, oh, we definitely need to do this uh, this podcast episode. Will we be tired? I don't know. I'm definitely not. But how are you? I'm just curious, like how are you feeling after the retreat? Yeah, I'm feeling good. I mean, we just wrapped up and I've been in it for over a year now and it's just gotten better and better every time. And I mean, I could use a nap, but I'm ready to do work. Yeah, it's been so extraordinary to watch your growth ever since I met you. And then, yes, last year in the mastermind to just to see your growth. And I think why I was so excited to bring you on the podcast is to talk about, you know, one of the themes here on the podcast, the inner work and the inner stuff we got to deal with and the things that you've overcome, the mindset shifts that you've overcome when it comes to launching and so I know we kind of created a little outline. You've got three big shifts that happened over the last year and a really cool alternative to the big launches. I know that a lot of my listeners have big objections around launching for a lot of reasons, one of which is the time, effort, and energy that it takes to do a launch. The amount of people and resources that it takes, the amount of money it can take. And the whole, let's not get even started on the who am I to be doing this imposter syndrome, but all that stuff wrapped up in a little bow that keeps us from getting our product, our offer, our message out to more people to make the impacts that we truly want to make. And I think today on this episode, we're going to not just talk about the inner work that's gone on, but also a outer work, a simple strategy to getting our stuff out to more people. But what I'd like to start with first, Zach, is kind of see if you could share a little bit about the results or the transformation that you've had just in the past 12 months or so. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the last 12 months have been pretty crazy, I think is the best way to explain it. And I've gone through a lot of, of transformation. And I remember when I first joined the inner circle, I, I had just hit the six-figure mark. And I remember this conversation so vividly that you had said to me, how many people are on your team? And I was like, well, nobody, because we just made 100,000. So there's no reason to, <laughs> to have a team. And I mean, now a year later, we just hired a bunch of people. And I've got a great VA on my team who's becoming a manager. We're bringing in a new assistant in a couple of weeks. We've got an editor on staff. I mean, it's been absolutely crazy. And I think the biggest transformation I remember 
I'm so confident it was you that said it, that after $100,000, it's really all mental. And when you first said that to me, I was like, okay, sure it is. And then over the past year, like, it's totally true. And I think the biggest transformation I've gone through is recognizing that the zeros on the end of whatever you want to do are math. And the work that goes into it has nothing to do with how much money you spend. It has, you know, I mean, those things matter. But if you don't do the inner work first, if you don't figure out where you need to anchor yourself, where you need to let go a little more and where you need to like really have a good, long, hard look in the mirror and have somebody else look at you and say, like, no, <laughs> that's not working. I think that that's been the biggest transformation is really embracing that the math will work itself out. The mindset is what I need to actively be working on a majority of the time. I love that. Sometimes I don't remember the advice or uh, things I share with you. Sometimes I black out during all of it. But that sounded really cool. And I would see why I would say that because I think if you can get to the, you know, that why it's 100,000, I don't know. But it does prove the model. It proves that something's working and it proves that that's what people want and they're willing to pay for it. And now it's like, okay, great. How do we scale and we grow? And really, how do I get out of my own damn way so that that can happen? So let's start there because I know we have three things that we want to talk to or talk about. But the first one you really started to bring up already was the going from Han Solo to a, a, you know, a man of one, the solopreneur, to attracting a team. So if someone like myself a year ago says like, hey, Zach, you should probably have other people helping you, you go hire people. There's the action item of doing that, like go do this thing. And then there's the pushback or resistance or the yeah, but. So can you take us a little bit about what was going on in your head that would have kept you from that and what you kind of did to overcome that? Yeah, definitely. So I think one big thing was I was an unadmitted workaholic. And I was one of those, I now think they're awful people, but they're not. They're just misunderstood. One of those people who was like, I'm just so busy all the time. Like, how great is it that I'm so busy? Like, oh, you work 20 hours a week in your business? I work 80. So I must be doing so much good stuff. And as I like really started, I mean, working myself to the bone at some points, like, I mean, I started having, you know, some mental health issues and I was just like, this is not really what I wanted to build. And I had to step back and I'm long winded, but I promise I'll come back to the team. I had to step back and say, like, why did I actually start the business? And I remember, you know, going on vacation as a kid and I remember thinking in my jobs as a teenager and even in college, like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. And yet, here I was like escaping a boss, like, wow, how great to escape a boss. But I built a prison instead of a nine to five. So I had convinced myself that being a slave to my business, 80 hours a week, 90 hours a week was somehow more valor than working a nine to five. And I think it's really common with entrepreneurs that, you know, I was like, I'm better than that. All I do is work. And so when the work finally caught up to me and I realized that, Number one, we were going to cap out. You know, we were going to cap out at 100 grand. And not only were we going to cap out at 100 grand, but we were going to cap out while I was killing myself. So I wasn't ever going to make any more money and I was going to hate my business and my life. I stepped back and I decided that that's when it was time to really bring on a team. And the biggest thing for me is when I joined the inner circle last year, I was like, whatever James says, I'm going to do it because the guy knows what works. 
I remember why I joined the inner circle was I was on one of your monthly coaching calls. And I think we still talk about this sometimes. You had said like, I got to be off by 730 guys because I, I want to go surf. And I just remember like being overwhelmed. I was like, I will never have that if something doesn't change. Because my life is not, oh, I need to be done by five so I can go enjoy my life. My life is, oh, I better wake up in the morning and stay up late so I can make $100,000 and feel good. It's so funny because I share that story as well. But from my perspective, there's another lesson there, right? So it's so cool to see both sides of that. Like that was just a, wow, like what a moment. Because what happened is, is when um, we got on our call in our interview talking about you know, the offer for Inner Circle, one of the first questions I asked Zach was, well, why me? That was his answer. He's like, well, you were on a webinar and you know, he said like, yo, I got to go. I'm, I got to go surfing before the sun sets. And that was probably more of a breakthrough for me than it was for him because I really started to get how much when you're a personal brand, when you're the authority, the leader, the coach, that your actions speak so much louder than your words, that it's who you are and who you stand for that will attract others to you. And to bring this full circle to what Zach is talking about, people aren't going to be attracted to Zach or someone else because they're the hardest working person. People don't look at a 14 hour a day workaholic and say, oh, I want that. Some people do. Okay. So some people do. Don't get me wrong. But the majority of people, they're not waking up in the morning and saying like, if I could only work longer and harder for the money I make, please, where's the guy out there? Where's the gal that's working the hardest and sacrificing their family life and their health the most? Show me that person, I'm going to go sign up with them. And so we both had this, our own breakthrough at different levels that really show that like you first is so important. And part of that does mean bringing on a team. So take me a little bit through that. What are some of the stumbling blocks or struggles you've had to deal with the moment you're like, okay, let's start attracting a team. Yeah. So I'm always hesitant to share because I never really went through the traditional hiring process. I actually kind of like that because it brings this alternative dimension to it. And one of the big reasons I didn't hire was because I was like, oh, you got to make the Google form and then you got to do round one interviews and round two interviews. And, and it was, I'm so overworked. I don't want to do more work to work less. I just, I just want to get it done. And so you're in this catatonic state of like, I need to do less to do more so I could do more with less. So I better just get back to work because I don't even know if I'm doing more or less right now. And so I got caught up there. I finally reached out to a friend in business and I said, you know, who can you recommend? Like, I just need somebody. And I'm like a total softie. I wear my heart on my sleeve. And, I, and we had the interview. It was like five, 10 minutes long, which in retrospect is like the worst, but it ended up working out really well. And I was like, so here's the thing. I'm a hot mess. I have no systems. My email's out of control. All I know is I need somebody to come in and fix my life. I jokingly said, I'm like, I need you to be like that Oprah show. Like, come in and fix my life because it's a disaster. And she totally did. And, you know, I gave her that space to grow. And I don't remember a specific moment, but I remember like a momentary feeling where I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't have to worry about my email. It's not a problem. I don't have to do anything. Like, we get to the point now where she sends me uh, a weekly report and I go in and respond to the emails that need a response. And, oh, my gosh, I was spending hours in my inbox and you don't realize how little you're doing and how much mental space it takes up until you actually get somebody in there to fix it. And once that happened, I started getting like the outsourcing bug. And I'm one of those people 
people are always like, oh, how do you find someone to do that? And I'm like, I know exactly what I want. I know when I want it done. I know what I'm willing to pay. And I'll post it in a Facebook group. And so, I mean, during our last launch, we hired somebody to be a, they turned our sales page mobile ready. And I was like, we need our sales page mobile ready. We use Instapage. It's basically built in. I don't have the time. I got 150 bucks. I need it done by 5 p.m. And we got somebody in. It was done. And when I finally realized, I think, you know, in this last launch was that hiring was never an external issue. It was always an internal issue because I didn't know what I wanted. I was so busy being overworked. I didn't know what I wanted. And now that I know what I want, when I want, and how I want it, most of the time, it's pretty easy to just go out and find somebody. It's really easy to just say, like, this is what I need. This is how I need to be supported. Can you do that? Yes or no for this dollar amount? It makes me want to do less and less and less. All right. So I love that. And I think I definitely want to talk because I can feel it coming up from the listeners about that question, the objection, the voice in their head to say, yeah, but I can't afford. And I'm going to give my answer. And then I'd love to check in with you and to see if that was something that you really went through, even though you're like, okay, I hit the 100K level. But it always feels like you don't have enough. But for me, like the first thing I can say to our listeners who are feeling that is that Right now, when you identify what Zach is saying, get really clear on what you're hiring for and what they're going to do, and you're actually asking for that, you might want to start asking, what is it costing me to keep doing that? In other words, if that came off my plate, if I didn't have to do that anymore, if someone else took care of that and I didn't even have to worry, I had the peace of mind, what could I do more of? Where could I fill that time and that space doing something else? And that's what happens. Like when I can spend a few hours of my day on the high level activities that generate revenue, you know, focus on the 5%, it is so worth it to continually attract the right people in your team to do everything else. But I'd love to hear, like, did you have to deal with any fear or resistance? And now like having more than just a VA or a personal assistant, what's that been like for you? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And I get this question, or I, I guess I get this response that I'll share. And I share it all the time on like my webinars and my trainings. So people will be like, I don't know if I can afford this. And I always say there's two types of I can't afford this. There's the, oh my gosh, this is terrifying. Like, what if this doesn't work? And then there's the, we're not going to eat tonight if I hire this VA, right? The second group of people, like your business is not your problem. You've got some other stuff you need to work out first, right? But the second group of people, like I totally relate to that. And something that, you know, maybe I'm sharing this for the first time. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, but when I initially invested in the inner circle and I basically told you, first off, it's a story for another time, but I made it so hard to let me in. I still don't know why you did. (laughs) But the investment was about 90% of my money at the time. I mean, it was everything I had. You know, I'm a very fiscally responsible person. I'm boring for my age. And I was like, this is terrifying. And what I had to do was say, like, what if this doesn't work? And like, what if I do invest the 20 grand? Like, then what? Right. And ultimately, like, two things happened. There was like, well, you're out 20 grand and like a really great life lesson at a young age. Right. Or it goes great. And I was like, well, and then there's a third option, which is like, just keep working. Like, you already hate your life. So I was like, well, what's working right now, like, isn't really working. So those are my two options. And I think that there's this false belief that like you make that switch and like, oh, now you feel great about it and everything, but you don't. Like I remember before we had our call and I think that, I mean, this is just more money mindset stuff, but I think it still comes into play when you hire. 
I remember thinking the investment was going to be 50% of what it was actually was. And I was talking to a friend and I was like, it's going to be 10K. I'm so nervous about it. And she's like, why? And I mean, I still struggle with this now. And I was like, because I don't know if I'm worth 10K. And that's what it really came down to. I was like, well, am I worth $10,000? And I remember this is the second time I cried at my local Starbucks bathroom because I'm a hot mess 24-7. And I was like, man, like that was the realization. And I was like, no amount of external work, you know, like you get the temporary hits, right? Like you're great. You're awesome. You're worth it, right? Like that external validation is great, but it's temporary until you do something to push yourself. And there's a quote that I just love to live by Theodore Roosevelt. And I never get the quote right. So, you know, if you Google it, you're probably gonna, it's going to be wrong, but it's essentially courage is not the absence of fear. It's the presence of fear in doing it anyway. And I think that that major investment for me was the first shift. And it was a big enough investment that it really shifted me and got me to start hiring people. But I think that everybody has a different level of shift. And that's what it is, is I wish more people would talk about that, that it's not like, well, I decided, so I did it. Like, no, I decided, so I did it. Then I cried. Then I had a panic attack. And then I doubled, like I second guessed everything I did. And then I was like, maybe I shouldn't hire a VA because I just joined this mastermind. Maybe I should just do it myself. And it's that internal struggle gets quieter at the level you're at and then it starts again at the next level. So you're never going to get away from that. And I think, I know the question was hiring, but (laughs) I love to talk. I think that that's the big thing to realize is that when you know you need to hire somebody and I have a good friend who loves to say the answers in the question. So when people are like, do I need to hire somebody? There's a good chance you already know Trust yourself to take the risk and trust yourself to be able to handle the fallout or find the people around you to handle the fallout, right? Because I have great friends where when I make a big investment, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so scared. What am I going to do? And they're like, you're fine. It's good. And you have to work through that. So when you're ready to hire, the big shift is not make it peace with yourself and be ready to hire. It's you're going to be scared. It's going to be terrifying. But it's like waiting in line for a roller coaster. As soon as you get over the first hill, you're like, okay. But you don't lose the fear when you go to the next biggest coaster. You're still afraid. But you're never going to overcome that fear until you overcome that fear. And this is so huge that you bring this up because I think a lot of people have this belief or this illusion that they have to get rid of the fear first before they do it. Right. Or, or, cause I'm so glad you brought up all this, like the like internal chaos that goes on and the internal dialogue, like, oh, that has to go away first so that I can have the confidence to do it. And it's like, no, that's probably inevitable. If you're already hearing it, saying it, feeling it and going through that now, like it's unavoidable and you can do it anyways. And that's what we always want to encourage. So that's so great. And I reflect back on the first official, and I'm doing air quotes, team retreat that I did. And this is the end of 2014. We had a big growth year. That was what I call my first breakthrough year in business. And I had three team members come out to my office for one day. We were here in the office and I just remember having, and they they wouldn't know this, but I had this total internal panic attack like halfway through this team retreat because I'm sitting there myself going like, what the what the hell is going on? Like these people are like spending the day on my business, and who am I to be asking these people what to do for me? And oh my gosh, and what the pressure and the and the like, ah ah, you know, and it was just like I went into total like 
internal freak out. And I was like, hey, I can keep my cool. They have no idea. I'm thinking this right now, which is great. But I, I mean, wow. So like kind of like what Zach is saying, we like to say, you know, new level and new devil. So I love that you're sharing that. And that's one thing that you had to go through. And now you've got a team that really helps you. And you're about to go into another launch. One reason why we're talking about this. But there were a couple other things that you had to go through or shift or work on to get you for a, you know, your transformational year, which, you know, by the way, we haven't really said Zach is a young guy, 23 years old. And last year, what, 2016, 4X? 3X revenue, 4X sales. Awesome. And so these are kind of some of the things that it took. And I love like letting people in a little bit into like all the stuff we go through, the internal emotional roller coaster of growing your business. What else? (laughs) Well, I think, well, first off, I have to say like, lucky you, because you've known me long enough to know that I don't hold the internal struggle. I'm a crier at like everything. You know, the other thing was, I just recently had this kind of you know, breakthrough. And I, I love that you use the word breakthrough because for a long time I was like, oh, breakthrough means like it's this big aha moment. The clouds part, the sun comes down, like everything changes. And sometimes it's just like, oh yeah. Okay, cool. We'll change that. I was in Mexico recently with somebody I actually met in the inner circle last year. We were there on a mastermind trip and I woke up and I was like, man, I don't want to work. Like I want to enjoy the beach. Like I want to go have a gin and tonic, chill on the beach and do Nothing. And then I want to, after that, go get a two hour massage and not deal with my business. And I picked up my phone. Actually, I, I use Slack, but it sounds better to say I picked up my phone. So I slacked my assistant and I was like, hey, can you set up this campaign in Infusionsoft? And she's just really started taking on more responsibility in our business. And I was like, oh my gosh, what if this is a disaster? What are we going to do? And I had this moment where I was like, okay, but here's the thing. Like I worked so hard. I spent time winning a contest to be there. I spent money on a plane ticket. And now in order to enjoy that reward, I had to let something go. And I was like, so there's two options here. I can, you know, chastise myself and be like, well, that's why you're here because you work. Or I could be like, no, you're here because you worked. Let your team own it. And that was the first part of the breakthrough, but I, we were walking to the beach and I turned to the person I was with and I said, I just feel so guilty. And she's like, well, why do you feel guilty? And I was like, well, because I'm going to the beach and my VA is working. And I mean, that this is something that I'm honestly still kind of working through, but the breakthrough for me was for the longest time, she said to me, and this stands out to me, she was like, you know, most people aren't like you and most people aren't like the people listening. And in our mind, everybody wants to leave their nine to five, right? I call it like the duality where we're like, I'm so special, but everyone's like me. No one wants to work at a job. Nobody wants that, right? And I talk to my family who's like, don't you want to be stable? Don't you want this? Don't you want that? And I'm like, no, like, don't you want to leave? And that was a big aha moment for me is that you're hiring people who like, you might hate email. Some people love email. Like I can't get enough of launching and Facebook ads And my VA would probably be like, don't even bring a Facebook ad near me. Though I I don't know. She doesn't do our Facebook ads. Maybe she loves them. (laughs) But she might be like, no, keep them away from me. And so what I realized was that as entrepreneurs, we are rewarded for taking the risks and doing the things other people won't do. And so my guilt is not creating a new job for her. It's not creating freedom for her. It's not doing anything for her 
all it's doing is ruining my vacation. And when I had that realization that you can give stuff to your team and enjoy the fruit of your labor and your team doesn't resent you for it, they respect you for giving them work, for giving them ownership, for paying them for their time, which is what they want or they wouldn't have taken the job, that you can actually enjoy your life and your business and you can be empowering your team to grow with you. And that was just so huge for me. That is powerful because I think on multiple levels, we as entrepreneurs can have the experience of feeling very guilty when we're not working. It's almost as if the work becomes our comfort blanket. Like it's very, there's something comforting in the fact that it's like, well, at least I'm working hard and there's certainty in that for us. And then when you stop, there's this uncertainty and sometimes it feels like guilt. And for Zach, you sharing guilt to your team. That's huge. And I've definitely been there, but also just guilt to your customers or to whatever your commitments are in your life and business. And, you know, the message I've brought up in the past that I just want to echo here on top of what Zach is sharing, it's so true. Like what we are doing as entrepreneurs is taking on that risk so that we can provide those opportunities for jobs. I mean, we create jobs. I think that's friggin' awesome. But we're taking on that risk, you know, and that's huge. They don't want that risk. They want the opposite. They want stability and certainty. But when I started reframing the value of the rest, the value of recharging my creative energy and how that will affect everything I do from the way I interact with my team, the quality of ideas, the level of productivity and effectiveness I have, the moment I saw how powerful rest is, the moment I was able to say, well, this is easy. This is work. This is part of the job requirement is James has got to relax and love the deliciousness of the moment. And as soon as I was able to do that, like my logical brain was able to really just be like, okay, cool. Like no guilt. So I love that. What else? What are some of the other things that you feel like you've had to grapple with in the last year? I mean, I think another big one was, I mean, definitely charging more money. And I think that that was, you know, definitely in line with like, putting myself out there more. And I remember having a conversation with somebody. I'm like so situational about everything, but I remember having a conversation with somebody and I was like, but if I charge more money, people will be upset because I wasn't charging that before. And they said something to the effect of, if you bought a book at the bookstore and you tried to call the author's personal cell phone and they were like, hey, I don't do phone calls. Would you be pissed at the author or would you be like, why would you call in the first place? And I was like, why would you call in the first place? And they're like, exactly. So what you have to recognize is that as you level up, that you do charge more to create that intimacy with your higher level clients and that you have to charge more money to bring out the right clients. And that if you don't create these, not necessarily multiple offers, but multiple price points or even just increasing your prices if you're working one-on-one, that the only thing you're doing is devaluing yourself. And I remember having a conversation with somebody and even at the Inner Circle Retreat this weekend that people are like, well, I would have done that, but it was only 2,000 bucks, so how good could it be, right? And like, I'm sure there's people listening, like, what do you mean only 2,000, right? That's where you are right now. And that's totally okay. But as you level up your business and you reach more clients, if you don't start charging more money, your worth 
almost declines because people are like, dude, this guy's been doing it for five years and it's a hundred bucks to get on the phone with him. Like, how good can he be? Right. And so there's this, it's like this two-sided coin of like charge more money or you won't be worth more. I think that was a huge thing for me was charging more. And I still struggle with that now. Well, and just to bring it full circle to the what you shared earlier about the shift and the transformation and the permission you gave yourself to step up and be more coachable and take more action all stemmed from saying yes to a high ticket item, something that was a huge investment. And that really is an experience of you saying, I'm worth this. My business is worth this. And I think so often people are coming to the pricing question from how much should I charge for this? And they answer it by using questions. Well, what will people pay for? How much will the market pay for? And you know, those are still good questions to ask, but we also want to ask it from the other side, especially as it comes into like, you know, more coaching and offers such as that is what type of clients am I looking to attract? Because no matter what price you charge, there's going to be people who can afford it. And there's going to be people who can't, whether this is a thousand dollars, $10,000 or $10. There will be people who can and people who can't afford it. So even though I love it, like it's, it's great that you're so open that it's something you still struggle with. You have raised your prices, yes? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've definitely raised my prices. And I think there was one thing that, that you said to me, and I, I remember last year, I didn't want to do coaching. And I kept telling myself, I'm like, I don't like coaching. I don't like coaching. I don't like working with people one-on-one. And what I realized eventually was that it's not that I don't like working with people one-on-one. It's that I was so undercharging that I was becoming resentful of my clients. And I think that there's this big thing that we don't necessarily think about that is like, as your business grows, everything you do has an opportunity cost. And so it got to a point where I was charging so little to my clients that I was losing money on my clients, not because they weren't paying me, but because the more time I spent with them, I was throwing away activities that could have been growing the business. And what people don't necessarily get is whether you're money-driven or impact-driven or you want to hire and create more jobs, it doesn't matter. You can't do any of that without money. And so we almost play this game where we're like, well, you know, if I charge too much, you know, people won't like me. Well, like no one will get to you if you don't charge more because you'll have to close your doors. And so I did start raising my prices and I started pricing my one-on-one, which I don't really take a lot of one-on-one clients because I found out I really don't love it. I love working with great clients. So I'm very selective. And I raised the prices to somebody approached me and said like, well, what would it cost or what would it have to cost to be worth your time? And I threw out a number and they were like, done. Here's the check. And I was like, no way. And I think sometimes we also need that external validation of taking the risk and going for it in an almost controlled environment, right? Because it was a sales call. If they were like, ah, piss off, I'm not paying you that much money, like whatever, it's a sales call. But as soon as they said yes, I was like, you have to look inside and be like, okay, so this person sees $5,000 in value in me. I just, I just shared my prices. It's cool. And this person sees $5,000 in value in me, but that's going up. And <laughs> But I don't see it in myself. And so that is number one. I mean, it's it's heart-wrenching almost to be like, wow, other people value me more than I value myself. And 
when I started realizing that, I was like, okay, then I need to start doing the work to value myself. And sometimes it goes beyond pricing. Like it's not just pricing. It's like having real conversations. Like, do you not value yourself because you're not building relationships in the real world? Do you not value yourself? Because like, you know, for me, I used to be a lot heavier and I continue to see myself as heavy. And that's something I've struggled with for, for years. And, you know, so there's always a self-worth in me. That's like, I'm still overweight. I'm still not healthy. People like people are looking at me and like, Oh my God, this guy's so unhealthy. How's he doing in his business? Right. There's, objective moments of clarity. And I call it like the damn you look good moments, right? Because for me, you know, every once in a while I catch myself in the mirror and you're just not, you have that preconceived notion of how you look, but sometimes you just catch yourself and you're like, damn, I look good, right? And I realized that I needed to have more of those in my business and that everyone else is seeing that moment of clarity because I have this internal crap that's creating the reflection I see. No one else does. And so as I started to realize that these moments of clarity are not ego, these moments of clarity are not lying to myself, these moments of clarity are me having a moment where I'm so out of my head or I'm so focused on what I'm doing that I'm actually seeing who I am to the rest of the world and I have to honor that or all I'm really doing is, and this was huge, I don't remember who told me this, but they're like, what you essentially do when you undercharge or you don't charge enough or you don't raise your prices in alignment with your value is you're telling the rest of the world that they're wrong and that everything they think about you is wrong and that you are so confident that you're not as good as they think that they must be the problem. And when somebody explained it to me that way, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the problem, (laughs) right? Shocker. And that was when I think, you know, that again, it's something I'm still working on, but that's where a lot of the inner work is, is like, waking up in the morning being like, I am really grateful for my life. I am very happy. I am very fortunate. And just knowing that the part of me that allowed me to say my to my team, hey, can you just throw this in Infusionsoft is what allows people to see that higher level value in me. And so in this really twisted way, like it's all interconnected, whether you're hiring or spending money or raising your prices, at the end of the day, when there's a dollar sign or there's a sense of guilt or there's a sense of reflection you know, at least for me, it almost always comes down to a self-worth issue that has to be addressed in an objective way. Man, first off, I love what you're sharing about these moments of clarity, or as Pink Floyd would say, this momentary lapse of reason. Are you saying that to get to these moments? Because I know, like, and I think some of our listeners know exactly what you're talking about. How do you access those? Is that what you're talking about when you talk about the gratitude? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I necessarily have like the on-demand way to access them, but I think the big thing is having a really logical conversation with yourself. And there's a really fantastic book that I'm totally going to space on, so I'll have to look it up. But there's this book I was listening to, and it basically was, you know, when you're having these moments where you're questioning your value or your worth— what you need to do is bring a lawyer into your head and have them argue that you're wrong. And for me, that was huge because I was like, I'm such a logical person. Like, I really am. Like, I'm total creative, but at the end of the day, I'm like, but the numbers don't say that. And so what you can do is if you're having a moment where you're like, I don't know if this is me or if I can charge more, you can walk through an exercise and say, okay, so let's say I want to charge $10,000 for a retreat, right? I can say to myself, oh my gosh, Zach, who's going to pay $10,000? Why would anybody want to learn from you, right? 
And then I can say, okay, so my mind lawyer is going to come out. He's going to be like, Zach, you just helped that person do a six-figure launch. How is six figures not worth 10 grand? Zach, are you kidding me? All these people are writing you testimonials. Your sales page is crammed with testimonials. You had to take testimonials off that your sales page would work. Zach, are you serious? There's people who literally reach out to you asking to write you a $10,000 check. How can you not see that? And so even though it doesn't turn off the voice, you're not like, oh, wow, everything's great. I'll go ride my unicorn down to the bank and just, you know, retire, right? It's not like that. It's just, oh, okay, so logically this is not true. And so that is when, like we talked about earlier, you get to say, okay, this is me operating in the presence of uncertainty and fear because logically I'm going to be okay. I love this. And it's such a reoccurring theme on the podcast. And I couldn't agree more this conversation of self-worth and worthiness and Gosh, one of our episodes that we just recorded talking to Dr. Michaela, this is a big thing that she brings up and works on with a lot of people. And I think it's so common because I think it's really tied to something with entrepreneurship, especially the successful ones, because a lot of the things, you know, sometimes when we talk about what got you here won't get you there. What got some of us to a certain level of success is that hard work and that go, go, go hustle that came from a deep down core belief of not being worthy enough. And somewhere in our life, creating this survival mechanism that if I worked hard enough or if I achieved or accomplished a certain monetary level or status or recognition, that I then would become worthy. And these are just the type of things that, number one, we want to start creating an awareness of and number two really starting to question and look at are we doing something because we believe that it will make us worthy or that right now I might not be worthy of something and I just think it's a beautiful conversation to have and I think on our episode with Dr. Michaela she's going to take us down a powerful path to do that but it's so great for you to share that because it's something I think we all struggle with and all deal with, and I am not immune to that. And man, the quicker we can just get to that, like the quicker we we can just like, all right, cut the BS here because this is where a lot of this comes to. And we, as I listen to Zach and kind of just recap on some of the stuff about hiring the team and putting yourself out there and investing more and charging more, if those are four things of advice that someone gives you, like Zach, I want you to spend more. I want you to hire more. I want you to put yourself out there more and I want you to charge more. And he doesn't do that because there's a, you know, resistance, which, you know, that's why we're here talking about this is like, you've all been given the steps, you know, for most people, it's not like they have, there's a shortage of ideas and strategies out there. There's a, you know, a lack of content on the internet. That's what people are struggling with. They don't have, there's no content out there. Where's the content, right? But why am I not doing that? Why am I, is it not working? Why do I stop? Why do I get distracted? Why do I feel overwhelmed and stuck? And I do believe that there is, and it's nice that Zach can get honest with himself. And I encourage you guys, our listeners to get honest with yourselves that there could be a level of 
worthiness or questioning our our self-worth. Do I deserve this? Am I worthy of charging more and receiving more? Who am I to be building a team and having a team retreat where people are spending their day talking about my business, right? These are the type of things that we go through. And I think the number one thing is that as Zach is sharing that he's gone through these, he went through them and took action. He went through these things, dealt with them, and stayed on the ride, right? As the roller coaster went down the hill, that first drop, and instead of jumping off or just saying, okay, stop, I'm off. Like, nope, I'm not going to do this. He just kept going and, you know, went with the free fall. You know, it'll all be over soon, right? So I just love that. So thank you. One of the things I wanted to talk about and start to transition into as we go from the internal stuff of, you know, bigger launches and reaching more people is how we can start to do this all in a way that is feeling a little lighter and easier and effortless. And I really believe you're on to something, the alternative to launching, because I really believe like there are certain ingredients that we need in order to effectively sell and get the yes from the people who are a right fit for our community and our products and there is an environment that needs to be created there are a certain amount of things that need to happen we've talked about them a few of those things here on this podcast but i just i love what you're up to and i'm hoping you can talk about this for a hot minute and share with our listeners maybe an easier lighter way to launching something that you've been doing for the past year or so yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that, you know, one of the things that's really poetic about what I'll share is that it almost unbeknownst to me was like created to solve my own internal problems because what the way that we've reorganized launching is, you know, we're working on this kind of tagline for this concept and you guys get to be the first ones to hear it is stop launching and start showing up. And so many people get paralyzed by like, oh my gosh, I have to launch. I have to do this and I have to do that. And they're like, well, you know, who am I to do this? And why would anybody listen to me? And why would anybody trust me? And unbeknownst to me, like, these are all things we struggle with. And and I was slowly building this system where we're like, well, who would listen to me? We're like, well, let's find out, (laughs) right? Let's test that. Why would anyone buy from me? Well, what if you told them why they should? And, And so what we do is five day challenges. And I always like to preface by saying this is not like five days of Instagram, five days to clean eating. Like it's not, even though we call it a challenge, we actually encourage our students not to call their challenges challenges. We encourage them to say like, create blah, blah, blah in just five days. And what it comes down to is you are creating a transformation for people. And what people struggle with is number one, who am I to teach this? And so we kind of combat that problem by saying, well, what if you just don't charge any money and you show people what it's like to work with you for free for five days, right? And instantly, what we find with a lot of our students who are unsure is that you get this feedback from the audience that's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Oh my gosh, this happened to me. Oh my gosh, blah, 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 blah. And so that lawyer in your brain gets a little extra argument to be like, oh my gosh, look at all these people who are telling you you can do it, right? So that's the first thing. The second thing is launching is really overwhelming, I think, for some people because the two big launches that we see are webinars and video series, right? And so not to dog on video series, I've never done one. They're expensive, they're time consuming, and they make you want to pull your hair out from what I understand. And webinars are great, but they are a system. And I tell people like our best converting webinar now was a nine month process. 
You don't just watch the training, make the webinar and make 10 grand like all the Facebook ads want you to think, right? That's not how it works. And so what's really great about challenges is that instead of having to create a webinar, instead of having to create a video series, instead of having to write a million emails, even though there's emails involved, what if instead you could show up give people really simple step-by-step tasks and let them prove to themselves and you that transformation is possible. And if you work with people like that for five days, why would they not want to buy from you on day five, right? Because the other thing is people struggle with launching because they're like, I don't want to sell. I don't want people to think I'm selling to them, right? And what's so cool about challenges is people want to be sold to on the last day because you've just shown them what's possible, right? I almost compare it to walking through Costco, right? Those sample people aren't there to like see how much you love their samples, right? And I think sometimes that happens with freebies and webinars. We're like, look how great my free content is. We are restructuring that free content to actually be a sample. There's no shame in letting people know what it's like to work with you and letting them decide if they want to buy the whole bag or if the sample was enough and they want to move on. And really coming to terms with it is a numbers game. Like 90% of people just want the sample, even at Costco. I mean, I would guess. (laughs) So, you know, that was kind of something that, you know, came out of building this almost system. And so the concept is a five-day challenge specifically designed to create micro commitments, micro transformations, show your audience what you can create for them. So that instead of having to do the things that we see online, like I'm so great because this and look at all my testimonials. Instead, you can just show up as who you are and let people decide if you're a great fit or not. And I mean, the feedback from it has been phenomenal. And it's something that's become like my baby. And I just I'm going to dote over it if I don't stop talking. (laughs) And that's fine. I encourage you to do that because I think I talk to so many of my students and subscribers who are looking for an easier way to launch or something that feels aligned or right fit. And I just keep going back to saying, well, why don't you start with a challenge? Or I'll give them a few options. Like, well, have you thought about a webinar or a challenge? And they kind of perk up when they hear the idea, the possibility of a challenge. And I have to be honest with them. I'm like, I've never done a challenge and I will probably get to one. In fact, my team, after hearing Zach speak about challenges at the mastermind is like whispering in my ear, like, okay, we should do a challenge about this. And we're going to do that. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, great. I love it. Like, let's do it. So I'm really excited personally about the possibility of a challenge and what it can do for, like you said, overcoming or solving some of the mindset imposter syndrome stuff that we're dealing with. And really just man, being of service to helping your community and providing an experience. And that's always what I've said is one of the top ingredients to a launch. However you see a launch is to provide an experience for them because that's what people will remember is that experience. That's what will make the difference and the impact. And and you can do that. So I think one of the things I want to do before we start to wrap this up is I want to encourage and invite all of you because I'm going to be bragging and sharing what Zach's got going on like all over the place because I'm really excited about it. And I do like, I look for what is like not just the latest and greatest because I'm very like adverse to anything flashy or the quick fix or the shiny object syndrome, but what I see as being the next evolution of things. And there are some trends I see that are here to stay. And some of those include things like membership sites have really grown a level of popularity and definitely 
surveying and, you know, like Ryan Levesque's ask and the buckets and stuff, which is huge, but challenges is one of those things that I see. And so, Zach, I know you're doing a challenge on challenges, the challenge inception, if you will. If we sign up for your challenge, what are some of the things that we're going to be experiencing? Yeah, so it's really funny because we used to do webinars on challenges and we would get feedback from our audience that's like, why don't you do a challenge? So now, so now we do challenges. And really what it is, is it's funny, you call it a challenge. We can call it that here, but we call it a week-long event, right? Nobody wants to be challenged, right? And I can promise you that if you show up and do the work, like we're going to push you, but you're not going to be challenged. And what we're going to do is walk you through over the course of a week how to actually map out a five-figure challenge system. Now, here's something I'm very adamant about. I don't necessarily love the trends in the industry where it's like, oh my gosh, six figure this and eight million figure that. And But the reason we say you can map out a five figure challenge is because we know this is a system that scales up to and beyond $10,000. Like we have the case studies and the people to back that up. So to be really crystal clear, what we're teaching you is how to map out and structure a really successful challenge launch. Even though it's not the same kind of launch, you're still putting your product out there. We're going to walk you through the steps of understanding how to structure it because One thing that I will give you guys like a little sneak peek is we're going to help you figure out what to name your challenge and how to position it. And I tell my students all the time, I can tell from the moment my student tells me what their challenge is called or what they're going to do it on, if it's going to be successful or not. That's an absolutely vital piece. And so my guarantee to your listeners is that if they show up, not only will they get an experience, but they will actually get value. They will literally have a pretty simple starter blueprint to get moving on this. So that's what we're going to do is really help you figure out how to name it, how to position it. And okay, one other sneak peek, because I'm excited now, is we're going to tell you how much it's possible to make. And I've done things before. They're like, oh my gosh, the potential is unlimited. But we're actually going to give you this opportunity to plug in numbers, plug in what you think you can and can't do it. And really like let that inner lawyer come out and have a conversation with you and actually look at numbers. I mean, they're projections, but so many people want to know. And so we decided, why not tell them? Why not stop hiding that it doesn't always convert at hundred percent. So we're going to take you behind the scenes and show you what we do, what's been really successful with our students. And so we would love to have you guys there. I'm so excited for this. And I have to stress that, as Zach is saying, that you can use a challenge to be selling your stuff, right? But it's also a massive list builder, just massive. So this is, you know, I hear people wanting two things all the time. Like, I want to reach more people and I want to make more sales. And, you know, we don't have to do those as like two separate things. Like, you know, like, let's just use like the same, like one strategy. It's like, let's kill two birds with one stone or as I like to say, feed two birds with one seed. A little bit more positive there. So if this feels like a hell yes for you, right? You got to check in a little bit with your intuition. If it feels light, if it feels exciting, if it feels like, wow, like I have this offer, this product, this thing, and I want more people to get it in a challenge just makes sense or a five-day experience where I get my audience to get a taste, a dose, a bit of me where they're taking action and having these micro wins and you feel like that is just so aligned with you, I invite you to join Zach for this. The link is jameswedmore.com forward slash challenge. We'll have this set up in the show notes. 
or you can just go to jameswedmore.com forward slash challenge and you can go through your challenge on challenges. Challenge inception. So thank you for this act. This is great. I want to start to wrap up this episode. We covered a lot and this is just like a really great conversation that I've been wanting to have. Again, as I've seen Zach's growth just in 12 months, here's this 22 to 23 year old kid who you're like, how long have you been in business officially? So my current businesses were going right on two years, but I've been online making money for about a decade. Selling whatever you can on eBay or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're being official, like I sold my first thing on eBay in 1998. So yeah. it's been, <laughs> we've been online for a while in that case. It was a chrome fender off a 1971 Honda CT70 mini trail. I sold it for $67. That was my first money made on the internet. Uh, you know, a little fun fact for you there. So as we wrap this up again, like looking at Zach's extraordinary growth, I mean, man, you just like, you dove in and I just, I really want to acknowledge you for that. Cause it's just like, what a year. And now it's a new year and probably a whole nother level and a whole nother devil that you've got to deal with. So I'm so excited to, to play a very small role in supporting you in that. We looked at some of the things that Zach dealt with that we all deal with, what it's like hiring people, asking people for help as you build your business can sometimes feel weird and trusting them, giving yourself that permission to take time off that permission to put yourself. A lot of it is permission, man. <laughs> you know, I give all you guys permission. We had to do that a few times at the mastermind, didn't we? I, I mean, I did like just, you know, jokingly, of course, just give people permission. You know, it's not your fault. I blame society. We've been trained that you have to ask permission. You have to ask permission to go to the bathroom as a kid. You got to ask permission to, to ask a question. So it's in our nature. And I want to untrain you of that and just do, right? We're here to make the rules and not wait for permission to take action as long as it's ethical and not, not illegal, of course. And just, you know, investing more in your business, investing more in yourself. Any final words, any final thoughts to share with our listeners in order for you to have this episode be complete. Yeah, I think I'll just end it by saying, you know, it, it doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to happen. And that happens whether that's emotional, physical, the sales page, the membership site. You know, I mean, I remember like literally crying in a Starbucks bathroom when I launched my first course, like, oh my gosh, everybody's going to want their money back. Maybe I should just give it to them now and save myself the hassle of a week of turmoil. It doesn't have to be pretty in any way, shape or form. Just do it. And the more that you wait for whatever it is, and I truly believe everybody listening is like, yeah, I know what it is, right? Whatever that is that you're just waiting to do, the anticipation is the worst part. And I always tell people, you know, if you really ask yourself what's the worst case scenario and it's not that you're going to end up homeless, unloved, and dead, like, just go for it, right? That's the worst thing that can happen. And honestly, generally, the worst thing that can happen is you're like, well, I lose $100. And like, yeah, or you gain a life. So just go for it and take the risk. So that's my final word is just, you know, operate with the fear. Don't wait for the fear to go away. And of course, thank you so much for having me on the show. I mean, it's, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for being here, man. It's been awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. And again, the link again to hang out with Zach and craft your five-day challenge is jameswedmore.com forward slash challenge. Thanks for listening. 
We'll see you on the next episode. For 10 years now, I've made my living selling digital courses, membership subscriptions, and group coaching. I've been able to make millions of dollars. Yet even better, I've been able to help thousands upon thousands of students with my training. Yet I've never taught my system on how to actually get started, how to choose the right niche, the right product, the right tools, and the right plan. Until now. The information marketing industry is booming now more than ever. And if you've been sitting on the sidelines waiting to get in, well, now is your time. For the next eight weeks, I'm going to be delivering a brand new training course live showing exactly how to get started and get profitable, even if you have no list, no product, or no idea. And the best part is, it's 100% free. All you have to do is request an invite to my private Facebook group. Every week, I'll broadcast a live, in-depth training with homework, action items, and of course, Q&A. So to request access to my private group now and join the training absolutely free, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash free. That's www.jameswedmore.com forward slash free. And I'll see you there.